Hello and welcome back to another episode of Destroyed Digital, a digital marketing podcast. I'm Chris Asher. And I'm Mark Chen. And Mark, what are we talking about today? We're talking about if Shakespeare was on Twitter, what does he need to know? Okay, so explain. To be or not to be? Yeah. That, that is the question. That is the question. Well, it's not the question we're going to answer today because today we've got Dr. Torger Aleti, digital marketing lecturer from RMIT, and he's going to talk to us about Twitter and retweeting. retweeting okay. As well, opposed to retweeting. Retweeting. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's nice to meet you. Uh, I've, I've met you for the first time today, but Mark knows you from... Uh... From a Christmas party. Okay. <laughs> from <laughs> a Christmas party. Met. Okay. Yeah, we started talking about, oh, you're a digital marketer? I'm a digital marketer. No, well, I'm kind of like, uh, like, uh, like, you know, like you're, 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 you teach digital marketing, right? Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done, some, you've done some interesting research lately. Yes, we've been, uh, we've been working on, uh, on trying to better understand... Uh, people's behavior on, on Twitter and in particular uh, what makes what makes us retweet the content of, uh, well, in, in our case, we looked at celebrities. Uh, that was mainly because celebrities are dominating the, 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 Twitter, the, space. the Twitter space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at what they do uh, and the reasons for why consumers uh, will retweet their content, there's a lot of lessons to be learned also for, for marketers in terms of how you... Uh, Construct your 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 tweets. Right. Uh, so you found a pattern. We did you find we did pattern. find many patterns actually. Oh, amazing. Uh, so so what we what we were looking at was uh, the actual structure of the tweet in itself. So not just you know whether or not you use a picture, whether or not you use a hashtag, or whether or not you use a direct at symbol to tweeting. Yeah, right. Towards someone else, but we looked at the actual uh, linguistic composition of the tweet and in particular we looked at the use of function words uh, so function words are you know the, the most common words in well, english language those yeah, right. small small words the little glue that put that, that uh, makes the sentence, that makes sentence. sentences yeah. together yeah. Uh, which are you know different from uh, uh, from the the content words which we and you know, content words we know the meaning of quite mm -hmm. often but while uh, uh, function words has quite often less sort of uh, uh, lexical meaning to them, mm -hmm. uh, but they're important in order to to make uh, a sentence uh, actually right Makes function. Sense. Yeah, yep. yeah. So we we looked at uh, what sort of uh, function words people use in their, mm -hmm. or well, in this case, the celebrities use in their mm -hmm. tweets. Uh, what sort of function words and how often and how many of, of them they use and we used uh, proprietary software that counts all these all these right, things so we right can, so this is real science it's real science we marketing science we, <laughs> we, we harvested the tweets from uh, from a number of um, of, of uh, accounts from different uh, celebrities in yep. different categories yep. on Twitter uh, and then run them through this software to to analyze what function words they use all right so we're going to ask you what parameters and things that you know you you went through uh, or that you looked at but for our audience right now if you guys want to this is this is this is the, is um, morsel, the time? morsel time <laughs> it's morsel time all right yeah. if, and if shakespeare was listening he needs to listen right now because 
um, we've got all the best tweets. No, did I just do a Trump? No. <laughs> <laughs> we've got all the best tweets. We've got all the best tweets. No, but seriously, this is, this is, there, 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 there is a, there, there, there is a, there's a thread here um, that, um, if, as well, our intrepid listeners, soldier on because some of the, some of the tips that Tor is going to drop today could really lift your Twitter game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take it All away, right. That's that's We're primed. We're ready. Yeah, we're primed. Right. We're ready. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's basically how you use function words could could make your, your text either sound very analytical or mm-hmm. you can make mm-hmm. it sound more uh, narrative. Right. So if you use more articles and prepositions, which is very typical for, for very analytical fact-based yep. type of, of text, yep. uh, as opposed to using more... Uh, adverbs and uh, negations, for example, or okay. pronouns, yep. uh, which is more related to to narrative style of, of writing. Right. So what you're saying is that um, uh, the, a tweet that says, for example, 20% discount, 14th of November, come down, that's a factual tweet. Very factual-based tweet. Yeah. Uh, so what's so a narrative tweet in that, in, that, in that context? A narrative tweet in that context would be... Uh, uh, the sales have been slowing a little bit lately and we or I felt that uh, it would be great perhaps to get some more customers through the door so uh, I came up with the idea of offering another 20% off yep. discount of yep. so that might this be week or something or or, or my, because, my wife is going to divorce me if I don't get more sales through the doors come and save <laughs> me and come in and uh, buy up more stuff even better, <laughs> even better, because you. Yeah, I told you, you we got all the best tweets. You then you then relate that story to to something that other people can can relate to. Yeah, right. And it's uh, it's quite extreme as well. Oh, like well, the the emotions quite sort of high. Is 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 that something you looked at as well? Um, uh, like we talked about arousal, I think. Was yes, that? we did look. We did look at uh, also at the the emotional level or the emo- level of emotional arousal yeah uh if you can if you can write in a way that uh, really arouses emotions uh mm-hmm. so high level arousal emotions then that's obviously much better than than uh yeah uh, than lower and level you measure ones. that as well didn't you uh yeah you can measure can measure that as well to yeah. to what extent like how positive or how negative is the tone of of this, ah, of this right. tweet and there's yeah yeah there's uh, uh in the software that we use there's a uh, there's a long list of, of uh, words that, that have various levels of positivity or negativity attached to it. And, mm-hmm. and so you, you, so you get, a, you the get score a score to certain of, words. The, of the yep. tone, of the yep. overall tone of the tweet. Yeah. But uh, I think in, in general, it's uh, although if you look at uh, the most retweeted tweets, you can find the Wikipedia site for that. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I can almost guarantee you that the vast majority of, of the tweets that are on that list will have high level of um, arousing emotions yep. embedded in there negative or positive uh, negative or positive that yeah, doesn't right. really matter it's like if you what what what's more important than if something is odd you know this this is a happy or a sad tweet it's yeah. like no it's does this make me furious yeah uh, which is a very negative emotion right, right. which is much better than just slightly happy in that yeah, sense yeah uh, if you're going to uh, be happy you're going to be rolling on the floor laughing my a off it's yeah. got to be yes yeah, it's yeah, got to yeah. be LF, that. lmfao stuff yeah that's it <laughs> you you have to sort of which is very hard to do and that's why i think in uh, um it it wasn't the category of of tweets that stood out in our in our sample as right. as being i mean there, there was sometimes people 
are the celebrities in our sample sometimes they have like an angry outburst mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but that was not very frequent uh, type of tweet uh, yeah right yeah so and and it also didn't work very well in terms of in terms of being retweeted is it because uh, that people weren't invested in that in that outburst I would say so, yes. Yeah. Mm. So this goes back to the narrative thing we're talking about, isn't it? Like you, you use the term narrative transportation. Yes. Like explain some of that concept. So uh, I, I can relate this to another uh, paper by by a colleague of mine that yep. looked at uh, uh, ratings of of or people's or businesses' responses to negative feedback on uh, on social media or negative uh, reviews of restaurants in particular. So yep, right. on, uh, Sites like TripAdvisor or um, what's some of the other ones, Zomato. Yeah, Zomato. Uh, yeah. So if consumers had a bad meal and they go on there for a bit of a rant, yeah. Uh, there's always, you know, as a marketer, it's a question: is how do we relate to that? How do how do we respond? Yeah. How do we save uh, the day? Then, and and you can you can respond in a very sort of detached and factual way and say, look, I'm very sorry. Uh, calm down, and we'll we'll give you another meal or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, right. like but, but if you instead can explain what happened in the restaurant that day, and that you know you ha yeah we, we we totally understand that you had a bad experience, and yeah. that's because you well know, owning the issue is a first the, step, isn't it? <laughs> you yeah you you own the issue, and then you and then you you tell a a counter story that right. that sort of really outlines why things went wrong that day and why things went wrong for 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 you as that or well, for that particular customer right right like the chef and fell sick or he or, yeah, he, or something or he had to go home because his child was was ill or something something like that right. the, the more sort of relatable and honest you can make it the better yeah. it is but if you really sort of lay out that narrative apology mm -hmm. uh, what happens is that uh, other people that read those reviews they will get emotionally invested in the apology right and yes, that's where that narrative transportation comes in which yeah, is yeah. really what what it means is that you're you're becoming lost in that story yeah so you co-op uh, you are you are you you, you you turn on your empathy chip almost you turn it? on you, yeah and yeah. so you go like well yeah i can totally understand why this what happened what, yeah. what happened on on that day so that negative review has then been nullified yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and and sorry that, that that won't count then anymore yeah so this goes back to and honesty being the best policy sometimes especially yes, on social yes. media isn't it Mm. Especially in well, in this case, dealing with uh, with yeah, yeah. Neg negative reviews right. and negative feedback. So how how does this work? But it's, with it's not just it's not just honesty. It's is telling uh, uh, telling a story and, and coming up with a, or laying out that that well, narrative. I mean, there's there's ways you can be honest. You can say, "I'm very sorry." And that could be very honest. And mm, you can mm, say, yeah. I'll, I'll offer you, uh, you know, you get a free meal next time you come. All this could be very honest. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's if it's factual in the way that you're responding to it, uh, then people are much less likely to get emotionally invested in, in the apology that yeah. you lay out. And as such... It's, as opposed to telling they, the they facts may not, in a story. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a bit more clinical almost, like a, just a... These are yeah, and dry and um, unrelatable and all of that sort of thing until you sort of put it into a narrative um, sort of context. Yes. Um, so we've got the you you analyze certain you, you were saying before you analyze certain um, what is it elements um, characteristics or something function, or function words uh, function yep. words okay so there's the narrative uh, the narrative stuff. Um, there was the level of arousal. Yep, the um, emotion level of emotional arousal. Yeah. Emotional arousal. Um, 
and which is I'm just doing a bit of a recap, so because um, I'm I'm interested in what some of the other ones were. Um, so positive or negative doesn't really matter. It's more about the level of I think, emotional yeah, arousal. It's uh, sort of in 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 a very in a general sense, and there's there's plenty of other research to corroborate this as well. Is that you're safer to stay on a slightly positive side of things. Yes. <laughs> so so posi- positive content gets shared more than negative content in general. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then there's the however, what matters more is the level of arousal. But I would then yeah. add, like whether or not you're going to be able to to push that high arousal button is, is quite often uh, contextually Im- embedded or it may be related to, you know, some current affair, something else that's happened around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's... Uh, it's a little bit similar to to sort of sit there and do your marketing on social media, assuming that everything I write is going to go viral. Yeah. Uh, right. So you know, it, it, it's very hard, and I I don't think that you you can go and look at the most followed uh, Twitter accounts. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure even if the although some of the most followed Twitter accounts, like Barack Obama, also has some of the most retweeted tweets, yeah. where where he was able to hit the the sort of high tone of emotional arousal. But in in the majority of well, his tweets or in any other tweets for yeah. that matter, uh, we're typically not able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's 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 very hard. But what what, it, what is very easy is to uh, to make sure that what you're presenting is is that is that you're telling a well crafted story rather than just presenting facts in a in a sort of sterile in sterile way, clinical you as you were saying yeah, Chris. Sure. Yep. yeah yeah so i'm i'm starting to get a, 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 another another thing to hear about so so anyone that's come that comes to a marketer and saying i want to make a viral video needs to go out the door and not come back again <laughs> because having something go viral is comp- a lot of the time the factors are completely out of the hands of the business or the marketer isn't it because it's like trying to catch the perfect storm. Oh yeah, and absolutely. trying to create events that you have no control over. Yeah, you know, you um, could make a viral style video, but you, you couldn't make, make a, a viral video. Make it, or make you, just, yeah, you can make a viral style video, but you can't make it go viral. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> no, no, you cannot. And I, I, as a marketing educator, I always, always. Uh, scream, or at least inside, whenever yeah. I read a student <laughs> assignment that says that, oh, and we're gonna we're gonna do this, this on social media, and it's gonna go viral. Oh, really? And, and, yeah, know, yeah. Like you, you don't want to. Yeah, we're gonna count those cool. chickens. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to read that in any student assignment. <laughs> All right. So, any of Tor's uh, students are listening to it. That's a tip number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, what were the what were some of the other aspects that um, you guys looked like? looked at and analyzed um well because uh, we looked at you know celebrity accounts in particular and and a celebrity like you become a celebrity because people look up to your expertise and your knowledge in a particular area mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. means that you're you're gaining a lot of uh, cultural capital uh, yeah. and and society ascribe a person cultural capital because we we look up to them and we we perceive them to to have a high level of of expertise and understanding in in the particular area where where they operate well what about people who have cultural capital and have no business telling other people what to do <laughs> i'm going to mention i'm going to mention okay. kanye cuz like him or hate him you know he does say some really outlandish stuff he, he does and and he has gained a lot of cultural capital for being very successful as a rapper 
Yeah. Uh, and and sometimes you know when you reach this sort of high level of of stardom, then you're you and you become uh, known for having great level of expertise in in one area, then mm-hmm. that can somehow leak into other areas and yeah. aspects of yeah. society and all of a sudden you start talking about other things that you not necessarily were an expert of but society has somehow ascribed you enough cultural capital to be able to to, to give you license to, license to, to, to speak isn't it in that license sense. to speak in areas in which you really shouldn't be speaking yeah <laughs> but but yeah. <laughs> that's something that you know i as an academic will be more uncomfortable doing and yep. speak outside of my area of expertise yeah yeah i get uh, that so even with this paper it's a lot of it is in linguistics which is not my area but we, we've we've just but you worked uh, with somebody that was we that was a linguist wasn't it with, yeah uh, with uh, or i have got some some help and assistance from a narratologist that's, yeah, uh, yeah. which is an expert in in this area so, yeah. <laughs> a narratologist chris what do you think what do you think a narratologist does? Um, they they're smart at telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the dumbest response I could have thought. Well, you just well, put me on the spot. Yeah, I know. Well, that makes us makes us podcastologists. Yeah, does that work? Podologists, Pod- <laughs> podiatrists. I think Podi- pod- yeah. pod- podiatrists. <laughs> We but, need, we're going to need a linguist, yeah, <laughs> to help us out. No, but narratologists, I totally get that. Like understanding the um, the the science behind a narrative and understanding the the triggers and the things that you know, like because I, when I you know when I was in in uni, I mean, we did you know we did film one hundred and one and we did a, you know story you know script writing one hundred and one and you know you the basics are there, isn't it? Your protagonist, your antagonist, your 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 reflection. You know, you've got Act One, Two, and Three. You know, trying to wrap it all up in three acts. In fact, you know, you know, good old Billy Shakespeare was one of the was was a proponent of this, you know. Um, but yeah, so a, a good story will typically it, it will have you know it will have characters in there yeah. and there will be events that's happening within there, uh, and these are sort of core elements of of what a, a story should have. And I yeah. think that if you want if you want to create memorable content on social media, then mm. you you need to you need to to be as as good of a storyteller as as you as you possibly can and. I mean, I, I I know we talked about this earlier as well, and I can I can try to take you back to your uni days, yeah, uh, and your times where you had, you know, oh, a, a rather a rather boring lecturer that was oh. standing there reading off slide after slide after slide, and there were so many slides in that deck, and you were just bombarded with facts. Is that death some, by PowerPoint? Something you can relate to? Yeah. Uh, so. And and I can relate to it from an educator's point of view because you're sitting there and it's like and you're thinking, but I have all these theories and the student must know these theories. So mm-hmm. you keep, I, I got to go through the content. So you keep yep. bombarding them with these facts because you feel that that's important. You need to know about these things. But what you forget, uh, this is why lecturers also needs to be better yep, narr- yep. narrators, uh, is that. That's not how we obtain information and knowledge as human beings. We yeah. obtain and remember informations uh, based on on stories. Uh, that's how we yeah we we share information. So yeah. so if you what you need to think about then or is, is that you what what are the stories that mm. I want to share with my audience, whether yeah. it's my customers or whatever it is. Uh, and and why would people want to listen to this story? And That's then right. you, and then you need to uh, to put your facts into the story, yep. rather than try to. Oh, here's here's the set of the facts that I want to push across to my yep. customers. Yep. How can I weave a story around this? Yep. 
if you go that way about it, yeah, uh, then you're quite likely to to try to, to put, st- yeah. stuff that text with too many facts and yeah. not enough story to and go enough, to go yeah. to go with it. Yeah. So, so any of you wanting to start an organized religion, uh, well, <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> stuff your stuff your your teachings into a story. Ah, uh, okay. If yeah, a thirty-three-year-old Jewish carpenter could work it out, on you know, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, what do you, what do you got there, Chris? You've got a question. Before we came into this podcast, we were having a bit of a chat before, and we were talking about um, how this can be um, carried across. You believe it might be carried across other various social media platforms and stuff in terms of shareability and all of that sort of thing as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we we looked at, uh, at at Twitter in particular because it's uh, a part of it's because it's in a public domain, so it's very easy for a researcher to mm. to harvest the data. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, to do it on other platforms, it's uh, it's more complicated, yeah. and also uh, and it's also easy to aggregate, isn't it? You aggregate through yes. through hashtags and at tags and whatnot. And yeah. it, it like it's harder to to do similar things if you go into more visual platforms like Instagram, for example. Yeah, I mean, right. There may be there may very well be stories embedded in images, but you need a whole sort different of different AI level of, of yeah. analysis to yeah. Yeah. to be able to to those stories yeah. that are embedded in there. So yeah. yeah, one of the episodes, one of the reasons that that sort of popped into my head, one of the episodes we did recently was the Frank Body Scrub and their use of Instagram. Mm. And I think having a look back on that, on their Instagram account, is a really good example of storytelling through... In uh, visual, a visual... That's our time, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Two-minute warning, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that was just me trying to start that new uh, religious organization. That's right. <laughs> ringing the bell there for... Uh, that's, that's how we start mess. All right, we'll, we'll cut that bit out. I'm actually, we... I'm actually tempted to keep it in. <laughs> What was I saying? Uh, That's a good example, I think, of, um, you know, telling a story through visual, but also, um, you know, text in those um, in those images as well. Like, Mm. you know, those little text blocks that they had. Yeah. And they had some inspirational stuff, you know, like what, you know, and they elicit, you know. um, Yeah. And it spoke in Frank's voice and all of that sort of stuff. So we had the character and we had had the all that sort of thing. Well, his narrative, so uh, Frank Body uh, Scrub, Frank Body, he embodied a character called Frank. And uh, and he put up, he he would say quite controversial stuff. You know, yeah. Um, to to elicit an emotional response, isn't it? But also, you could tell that it was like there was something about it that it you could not, tell was like not, not tongue sle- in cheek. Yeah, tongue in cheek, not sleazy. Yeah, yeah, or not not aggressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah they found the right voice. Um, so, which goes back to what we talk, what, what you brought up earlier, Chris. That some of these principles that you've that you've uncovered in your research tour can be brought throughout other. Uh, um, so, well, mediums, uh, social media platforms, yeah. right? Is that that's that's what we've come to the conclusion? Yeah. Of? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Mm. Do you think? Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know whether your research went into this sort of thing, but uh, do you know anything about um, whether using images or videos or anything into in a tra- in a tweet um, make any difference or anything like that? Did you use any of those sort of things in your 
Not not for this paper, but but uh, we had a not a paper a year and a half ago. Oh, okay, uh, that sort of clearly indicated that using um, images or videos embed embedded in the tweets mm-hmm. clearly relate to yeah. to more. Okay. Uh, frequent retweets. So. Do you, th- do you okay. think that's so just uh, like because it's of screen space? Like as you're scrolling through something like Twitter, um, you know, it starts up oh, and taking it catches up your real estate on the screen, it sort of rather than text. Or that that could be part of it. I think it also like it, it sort of stands out more. Uh, and and but I also think that it's because we are. As humans, we are more mm. visually or oriented yeah. in that sense. Yeah, because yeah, so every time we see text, it's a puzzle that our brains have to put together to understand to decipher, the meaning, yeah. to decipher the code that is. Yes, writing. and there's you know there's it's been mentioned a few times lately that we're we're we don't really read much anymore. We just scroll. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how we you know we scroll and we browse through enormous amounts of information, but we pay much less attention to to. To, to small pieces of of, of information, or detailed information yeah. in general. So yeah. we, well, yeah. that's that's something that I talk to my clients about with their websites and stuff because people jump onto a website and they don't read. They just scroll. They scan. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, what's this heading say? What sort of stands out to me? Do I get all of the information that I need to actually pay attention and start reading? Yep. Or, or, or am I just getting nothing and just going to move on? Or, like, it just seems like too much work. And I think this this sort of behavior, which we as marketers are all very well aware of, that that's how consumers operate in in a, on, with with digital media. Is it sort of it it really points out the importance of of telling stories even more because you, as as my example with uh, with the uh, narrative apologies, yep. is that you want you want to write something that that can lead to that transportation you want you want people to be lost inside yep, your stories yep. the stories that you tell and if you're not telling any stories then there's no there's no transportation people are not going to stop and and listen yeah uh, yeah I, 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 regardless I, of how compelling the facts you present well, that's yeah. yeah i mean i i see it i see it sometimes as like you know like like um, when you're sometimes telling a story you don't always have to get into the details and i think twitter a lot i think twitter attracts a certain mindset or a certain narrative style where you tell the gist of your story without getting into the details, you know, um, which is, I got a feeling that's why Kanye is really good at this because he tells a story, you know, in, uh, songwriters are, are really good at this in three minutes, you know, uh, especially the, the, you know, the old style songwriters in yeah. three minutes, they've told you a, a, an entire man's life story. And they've re and they've repeated it like three times through, through the, the chorus. chorus. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, in Teletubby style is drummed into your head. And you walk away knowing what the gambler. Oh, all right. No, I know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And 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 I guess I guess Twitter is 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 like the social media equivalent of that. You know, where you you tell a quick story, yes. so that, like a watercolor almost, as opposed to an oil painting that takes six six months to put together, whereas a watercolor is sixty seconds and it's done. You know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's what, you know, in my view, makes Twitter fascinating as well. Is because you you. You can drop in these short little snippets of of, of yeah. storytelling in, in there, mm. uh, which people tend to people tend to forget sometimes. And and uh, and I know that there's you know, there's there's earlier research that looked at uh, how people use different types of social media, and there's mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps a, a common misunderstanding that says that you know well, you know people use 
Facebook for social interaction. You use LinkedIn to promote yeah, yourself yeah. as yeah. a brand, yeah. uh, and and then you use Twitter for for information or to find information. And as such, that's what you need to provide uh, factual information on, on yeah, right. Twitter. But uh, our study doesn't support that at all. Does it it, it no. says that you know you if you're not telling a story, people will ignore the yeah yeah. The so facts that's presented. So here we go, the rise of the storyteller. I really like it. It's yeah. like I'm I'm super inspired, like uh, having talked about this because I'm starting to think, ah, oh, well, now I know that I've got a whole new way to look at whatever I post on social media is like, how, how do I turn this into a story mm, that's, mm. Um, you know, that's going to be, that's going to gain like, that interest and like that little bit of um investment of the of the person reading it that little bit of emotional investment in the i'm invested in the storyline of where this is going to get to yep. sort of the 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 message that i want to put across yeah well i think i think we've 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 but my advice would then be that you should start in the other end with the story. So if you already have a message that you know, it's like you know, okay. like, like the lecture that has another fifty slides that he yeah. or she wants to get out to the students before the end of the lecture, it's yeah. like you, uh, And we know how you you know, there's there's a lot of uh, literature coming out now about how frequently you should you should tweet or or post in different types of social media yeah, and yeah. a lot of especially small businesses yeah. uh come like oh i spoke with this consultant and they came up with this uh, calendar of posting and it's like yeah. i can't feel all this content it's impossible i i you know, like i don't know what to say and it's like but when you start looking at so this is the message i want to get out but yeah. then you start looking at the elements of that message and there may be you know what what stories can i tell around mm-hmm. that like, why did I decide to put a discount on this day, for example? Yeah. And, and what, what story can I tell about that? And you yeah. may then find that, well, actually, there's there's a number of small, little, nice, little, interesting stories that I could tell around yeah. this yes. message. That so I rather to than come out, saying so you what the message is, like you, you sort of yes. tell stories Ra- around the message yeah. and the more often they see it, they start to... You, you, put, you, put the me- you pluck the message apart and put it aside and then, and then you start over again and you look at, okay, what stories can I tell? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It gets this message out. Yeah, see, the, the, that's uh, great. The, the, retail ana- the retail analogy here is packaging, isn't it? Like, you know, you're buying a pair of shoes but, or, you buy, or, you buy, or you buy a candle. But the candle's wrapped up really nicely in a box and it's got a, you know, got a ribbon on it and it's got a bow yeah. on it. If you're buying a Tiffany candle, it's got that, you know, Tiffany color on it, you know, that, that blue, green, teal thing. And, and you're buying that packaging first as opposed to the candle. You know, the candle's almost an afterthought, isn't it, in terms of the, yeah. in the, in the, in the transaction. It's like your analogies, Mark. <laughs> Are they good? They, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm working on them. <laughs> I'm trying to tell a story within a story. Yeah, exactly. Billy Shakespeare's like, oh, that. That sort of relates to some other work I did uh, many years ago for uh, uh, about the, the craft beer industry. Oh, yes. Uh, and I, I was similar with the packaging. It's about the label, you, not the... It's about, like, you're being... If you're at a pub and you're interested in trying a, a beer you haven't tried before, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, well, let's forget about the fact that you could ask for a taste. That's, that's just assume that that doesn't happen. Everything is yeah. in bottles in this yeah, particular yeah. pub. Yeah. yeah. And and so, so you ask the bartender about 
few different different types and, mm-hmm. and some recommendations are coming across and you haven't yep. heard about any of them. Yep. What you're actually buying then is the story that you've been told from that bartender because you can't actually taste the product. So yes. you're, not, yeah. you're not buying that beer. Yep. You're only consuming the beer after it's been purchased. That's right. That's and right. Then, and then you can open it That's and, right. and consume yeah. it. And so you, so you, you don't know. Or like <laughs> you, so whether or not you like that beer... Uh, it's well, too late. You, you can check, yeah, it's too late because you because what you bought yeah. was was what the what the story the that the, bartend, about. the so, bartender told. Yeah, yeah. And you can then, uh, and I would I would almost guarantee that if if the bartender is standing there saying that, well, you know, this one used uh, Australian grown Galaxy hops and yep, it used yep, Gladfield yep. malts from New Zealand yep, and yep. and some yeast from Belgium. Yeah. Uh, or if it said, well, actually this. It's these two brothers brothers that uh, brews out of his little shed and they used to work in IT and they gave up their businesses and now they're doing, now they're becoming brewers and that's quite cool actually. Yeah, yeah. The latter is the beer you're going to buy because that was the nicest story. Exactly. You couldn't, you're, you're you, couldn't relate, yeah. you couldn't relate to the first one unless you're an avid home brewer or something. Then yep. it's a different story. But, yeah, I get I totally get but that. You, so it's, it's, that, it's that story that you're buying before... Yeah. Before you get to even try the product, yeah, yeah, I, I I tried this beer called Kaiju beer the other day because it had a you know Japanese monster on the thing. Oh it yeah, tastes like fish. <laughs> the, the beer tasted like fish, but you know I've had, you know I've I've come back for more because <laughs> I like the label. It's cute. That <laughs> <laughs> says a lot about my <laughs> about my beer drinking it taste, doesn't it? Maybe it was fermented on seaweeds. Uh, something like that. I, I'll, I'll drink anything. <laughs> I'll drink anything alcoholic. All right. Um, so I think um, we are ready to. I think wrap we're up. We, we're going to have to. Ra- I've, there's so much more that I'd like to ask and talk about. I could talk for ages, even though I've yeah. been quite quiet. But yeah. I could listen to. Oh, I've learned so much today, yeah, yeah. haven't you, Chris? Uh, I, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say I've learned so much, haven't you, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna add a few more words to that, but my narrative skills fell down. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! We've got some homework for for listeners. So, um, we had this conversation with Tor earlier, and he says, and because it's uh, it's um, you know, he's not gonna divulge who the top um Twitter. Um, Twitterati's you're supposed to follow uh, that are really good at this game but if you guys do a search and come up with your top 10 or top 5 and follow and have a look at how they're getting retweeted and map that with what Tor's uh, talked about today you're going to start to see some real correlation here and uh, and if you do find a few correlations well drop us a drop us an email or, or a comment retweet it to us oh yeah yeah <laughs> we don't have a Twitter account Chris but not, we're not. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Tor, for coming and having a chat to us. Oh, my pleasure. Learnt heaps. Um, yeah. Thank you. Uh, what we'll do is when uh, when Tor gets more resources up and running, we will update the post and have that in there, and you guys can follow through. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll post it out to yeah, our we'll socials. Yeah, we'll post it out to socials. Um, and if you want to uh, hear more of this podcast, why not subscribe? Hey, how about hey, that? Hey, hey. Um, and uh, if you want to support the podcast, which is really important to us, just uh, drop us a good review. That would that would mean a lot to us. Yep. Um, it, we've, we've been asking for iTunes reviews, mm-hmm. um, but if you want to drop a good review on Facebook as well, please. I yeah. Mean, I, I, I wouldn't say no. All right. So thanks for coming in. It's been really good to talk to you, Tor. Um, is there a website that we can plug for you? Uh, certainly, maybe just just use my my private website torgeraleti dot org. So 
Torgaraletti in one word dot org. Yeah, we'll put that in the um, in the post. Uh, awesome. Quick link that. Yeah, yep, that's in the show notes. Yeah, it's in the show notes. All right. Well, th- yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for coming in, Torga. I think I learned a lot. I think we both learned a lot. For sure. I think the rest of you would have learned a lot too. And if you're interested, usually what this has been a bit of a different episode. Usually what we do is we get different businesses on and we spitball ideas for content that they could um, make or, uh, you know, ways they could market their business, things they could do with their website. What yeah. else, Mark? Well, in this, yeah, but in this case, this, I guess, this, the, 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 the normalcies in this episode applies to just about everyone in our audience. Exactly. Actually. Exactly. So it's, it's really cool. But yeah. uh, if, if you do want to uh, be featured as a business on this podcast and get some free advice and, and some brainstorming, head um, down to www.destroydigital.com.au. <laughs> and uh, we've, got, we've got a form on there. You can fill it out, get in touch, yep. and uh, we'll uh, add you to the list. That's it and go destroy something today. 